0: And I think
1: my third. What's going on DJ Nation, Kenny Kim here bringing you another Fantasy Golf Generous Podcast this week for the Mexico Open. As usual, I am here with everybody's favorite Canadian, Tyler Tamboline.
0: Tyler, we missed you last week. What is up my friend? What's going on, Kenny? Thank you. Appreciate Off stepping in, as always, as he usually does. Just crushes it, so I appreciate that. like your hat. We'll get to that in a minute. We'll get to the Genesis Open. Shout out, Decky. Amazing finish. Everything that went on there. We'll get to all that and more. Before we get into it, I want to remind everyone very quickly, off the top, this show is brought to you and presented by ShipItNation.com. You guys didn't know, last week was the big news, so I didn't get to fully bring it across, but the merger with Degenerate75, bringing him over, his entire community... All now under one roof at ShipItNation.com. Truly excited about that. And sometimes things are just meant to be. Incredible week for the entire community. Over $500,000 in wins. Who've had a bunch? I had a bunch. But the members really just absolutely cross showdown streets, main slates, everything, MMA, all the other sports. So if you guys want to check it out, go to ShipItNation.com. Now eight major sports throughout the season with projections, ownership tools, content rankings, etc. You can use DGen 15, gets you 15% off Anything you have, as long as you have it. Kenny, you finally got the hat, my friend. Maybe you had it, and I just didn't know it, but I, I, I saw it on X. Now I see it in the flesh. What's going on? Yeah, war last week,
1: uh, and of course, uh, not only did your people over at uh, Shipping Nation have a good week, we, both of us, yeah. had a really good week. Uh, Mr. Tambo over here, finishing third in the Millie Maker. Uh, he had a little little bad luck with Bo Hosler uh, in the final round that probably could have made him a million dollars. Uh, so coming in third in the Millie Maker, what was a $4,444 entry uh, yeah. for Mr. Mr. Tambaline uh, over here. And my betting card had first place and second place. And I bet the second place each way as well for Willie Z. Had the outright in the each way for a decky. Big week. Uh, won like 1800 bucks. It's not That's probably more than I usually win uh, when I, um, I hit an outright just because I had both, dial, both the each ways for both of those guys too. So strong week. Uh, for the fantasy golf, general, this is what you get. Occasionally, we get shit right. Uh, so, man, what'd you think? So, the event itself, I loved it. It was, it was good golf. You know what I'm saying? Like, even though my guys weren't even in, really in contention uh, until Sunday. I mean, Willie Z was up there, but you know, Decky did his thing like crazy, shooting 62 or 61 um, on Sunday to go in and win. I thought the event was great. I thought the golf was really good. It was the leaderboard was great. You had like the top guys you wanted to have up near the top couple of other guys you know just trying to battle their way through uh i thoroughly enjoyed the event the course is amazing uh really really liked it the weather didn't cause an issue uh i thoroughly enjoyed it what you think of the event
0: yeah bucket list event for sure i got to get out to this one just every time i watch it on tv every year i've said it anyone who followed me for a long time knows i always class this one in i always say this one of my favorites of favorite events i know it's kind of like right after football ends but all, all the stuff i say when i'm talking about golf courses what i enjoy watching has nothing to do with the sweat Equity, like, yeah, I was chasing down trying to win a milli yesterday. Had nothing to do with that. Always have liked this event. Any of the other ones, it's the same way. Sometimes I'm winning money and don't like the event. Sometimes I'm losing money and do like it. This is a course I'll always love. The decky round was incredible. I know after he was trying to say something with his translator there but how he thought he shot a plus three. It's like, no, buddy, you literally just about shot the, the course record. Balionis even called him on it. I was like, what are you talking yeah. about, Decky? Come on. So, down. I mean,
1: basically, basically, that's the equivalent, the verbal equivalent, of Hideki one-handing an approach that he hits to eight feet. Yeah. Basically, yeah. That, 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 what else do you expect
0: from Mr. Hideki Matsuyama? Yeah, right? that, the classic decky too. The perfect shot into the fairway. You see it, you're watching him, like a little sweat on him. You're like, oh, damn, it must suck. Lands to like five feet. And you're like, oh, okay then. So that, that is the verbal well, definition. Well, he had
1: four approaches on Sunday that were within 18 inches. Yeah. Four birdie putts. I'm sorry, four birdie. So some of our par threes where he got there in two. Uh, but he had four birdie putts inside eighteen inches yesterday.
0: Wasn't, it, pretty, wasn't good. It like the, um, the pretty good. It's like the the bridge, the WGC when he won at Firestone or whatever. Yeah, same type of thing. I think that Sunday was like a sixty-two or like a when he, or gets, like, nuclear, he gets like nuclear. No, he gets like nuclear. Like you know what I'm saying? But like, it's awesome to watch. That's why. I uh, get, yeah. Even the side, we're like yeah. The, the cool part, the uh, the playoff from Torrey Pines a couple years ago. Willie Z and Luke List were the guys that ended up in second, but it was like Hadwin was up there, Spence and a couple Canadians. You had the the guys, Can't and X, who, by the way, they were getting called out early on for the slow play on that. Yeah. I know people and said at that
1: the PGA Likes Tour tried to, like, like underhand it by telling them that, like, they were inside the time and, like, the people that were playing in front of them were just playing quickly. That was the excuse to PGA Tourgate during the middle of the show yesterday. And I call bullshit. Oh, that motherfucker. I call, because they know they're not going to call the fucking shit. Yeah. right? They know they're not going to call any penalties. Jim Nance was the one that brought it up. I mentioned a PGA Tour like, what the fuck, Jim? Yeah. Why are you bringing this shit up? You know our asses aren't going to fucking uh, you know, uh, deduct the penalty for these slow-ass motherfuckers. Why would you say shit like that and get the whole fucking crowd ramped up? Now we're going to make some bullshit excuse, which is exactly what they did. Made some bullshit excuse uh, about how why they weren't being penalized. Total bullshit. Uh But go on, you going, keep going. Well, I
0: was gonna say you said it. Good segue. Speaking of being penalized, how about the Jordan Spieth DQ? Got got to get your your take on that. Not talking about Dairy Queen either. This was uh you know pretty interesting spot. I saw some really good lineups out there that had Spieth in it. That if they had who knows, he you only know, he was he was in there for the weekend. I heard other golfers talk on it. I heard Michael. I know Michael Kim posted about it on X. Nice thread about how he probably saw it going down. And what, what is your take on that one, Kenny? I was interested. Well, it
1: was sort thought. of fucked up because what happened was something was going around uh, a, a sickness, an illness. You know, Tiger had the flu. Can't lay was uh, over 100 degree temperature coming into his round on Sunday. You had Tom Kim running from a from a late hoop to try and just make his tea time uh, on Sunday. You know what I'm saying? Like something was going on. Uh, in that area. So what happened to Jordan is what I, what I found out is, he signed his card, but he had the shit. Like, he had the fucking shit. He, he was in pain, something was wrong, he was sick, okay? And so, he f- quickly just filled out his, signed it, went to the shitter, okay? Came back, and they were like, you're DQ, motherfucker. All right, okay, so, and here's the thing, like, I get why people hate this rule, right? You have people that making the a score, in this situation, it's even worse. Because, like, he had to take a shit. And, like, the only reason he he got DQ'd is because he had the shit. Like, if he just stayed there, double-checked his his score, like he normally would do, he probably would have figured it out, fixed it, signed it, and been fine, right? But he had the poop, and he came back, and you're like, ah, too late. You're fucked. And so I, I know there was, like, a big talk about we need to get rid of this rule, blah, blah. I understand your point of view. It makes complete sense in our day and age. But... Here's the reason why I think we should keep this rule. All right. So, golf Golf has changed a shit ton. Yeah. You know, since, you know, the first Scottish man hit a fucking ball with a stick, you know, 500, 600 years ago, whatever, even in the last 100 years, the changes in golf have been incredible. The one thing that doesn't change about the game of golf and what makes the game of golf so different than other sports is the integrity of the game, the honor. That, that you have for yourself and towards the game of golf there's no other sport in the world where you could be playing by yourself a single out there playing golf and you know you can move your little shit out of the divot in the fairway you can do a little kick wedge to help your your game but you don't you know why because this game is a game of integrity this game is a game of honor okay that that's 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 really a huge selling point in the game of golf a lot of fathers when they when they when they are young and they have their sons they want their kids to play this game uh, because it not only teaches them about competitiveness it not only teaches them about empathy it not only teaches them how to lose how to win it teaches them honor it teaches them integrity it teaches them honesty right this is, this is what the game of golf and why the game of golf is so fucking great. Okay. Now, what the, now the one thing, even though that the game is here, you don't see the integrity, you don't see the honesty in professional golf. Like in amateur golf or when you play with your boys, sure. You know what I'm saying? Like you go out there, you play by the rules, you know your boys are watching, you know you want to be uh, honest and not cheat and shit like that. Right. But like on the PGA Tour, the only time you hear about integrity and honesty is when someone breaks the rules, right? That's really, the only time you hear about it nowadays is when somebody breaks the rules, and that's not golf. You know what I'm saying? There's people out there on the PGA Tour who don't, because of the cameras, because of everything, they can't cheat anymore, right? (laughs) There's just no way to do it uh, with the cameras and everything on you and the fans. So, the one, what Why people sign their scorecards in the beginning was to avoid cheating, right? Because you're putting your name to something. You're putting your name on that score. You're putting your honor. You're putting your integrity on that scorecard. And you're being honest. This is my score, 100% legit, right? And you sign it and you send it. Really, in professional golf, this is the last bastion of integrity that you can physically see. Uh, Now, you don't physically see it, but you know it's happening every single round, right? This is the only thing that really caters back to the origins of golf, honesty, integrity, all those characteristics that you want. So in my opinion, I want to keep that just to have something that connects you to how the game started and what the game truly means to a lot of people around the world. I know this is like sort of a long-winded way uh, of saying that I I like the way that this is. I think they should keep the scorecard signing. I think if you if you miss uh, on a scorecard, it's not cheating; it's a mistake. We all know that that happens. But I still think you should get DQ'd just because this is the one instance in the professional game at this current moment where we can really talk about integrity and honesty, and it shows, and it's apparent, um, and it's a part of the game outside of the scorecard signing. I mean, no one's really going to cheat no more. You're sort of forced, to be honest, forced integrity, right? Because, you know, unless you're Patrick Green, unless you're, you know, whoever, right? Um, but that's my take on it. That's why I want it. I'll give, you, I'll give you another example uh, how important the game of golf can be, can mean to people. Um, and, and, and how that honesty and integrity that you realize can really affect how you live um but you know in my lifetime as a lot of you know i mean i haven't been you know especially when i was younger um and stuff like that i haven't been the most honest i haven't been uh i haven't had the most integrity a lot of that had to do with certain situations when i was young a lot of drug use alcohol use stuff like that I, you know i wasn't really a good guy in my mid-20s right uh in my mid to late 20s um uh, lots of drugs lots of problems of alcohol now i did play a lot of golf back then too right and um but one thing i was living in roanoke and i had a guy uh, a friend of mine his name was bill car salesman older guy right um re- really great guy one of the best guys i know And mean he, he would give you your shirt off your back right always ready with a beer and a line right okay and he was he, he was one of those type of guys right um i loved him to death um and so we would play golf often we were playing at hang rock down in Rono. which was in 2009 all right and um and we're playing for like five dollars a hole whatever whatever and, and you know a I have like this really shitty lie or something like that. And, and, and you know, I look around and I don't think I don't see him and I, you know, sort of fluff it up and I find out he's right behind me. Um, he looks like <laughs> Kenny, what the fuck are you doing? Right. And I was like, and like, and like a lot of the times when you play with boys and like, you do something like that, you know, your boys, you know, they don't care. But like, this is the first time I think he'd ever seen me like, you know, do something like this and like cheat when we're playing money, uh, playing for money. And like, he wasn't angry at me. He was just like super disappointed. And like, you know, that's like sometimes can be worse than when somebody is angry at you, right? If somebody you respect gets disappointed based on something you do, that sort of makes you feel worse than if someone's just yelling at you like berating you over something because in that point you feel sort of you have to defend yourself right but like when the guy is just disappointed and you just shake said man i can't i can't believe you would do something like this you know what i'm saying especially a guy you respect i mean that shit hurts right it makes sort of think about things a little bit more so like after that round you know i mean like it would really bother me it's like oh my god Like, have I become the type of person that would cheat in golf on a $5 a whole fucking game? Like, is this who I am right now? And at that point in my life, that's who I was. I was not a good person, right? And so what ended up happening after that is I felt bad. And we were still friends. It was cool. But, like, that sort of stuck in my mind for the longest time. Um, Six months later, I moved out of Roanoke. and, And... Roanoke was a problem for me. That's why I had to get the fuck out of there, right? And and, and, I, and I knew that for years, but I finally did it six months later. And I'm not saying the reason why was because of that round of golf, was because I thought the way I did, and I needed to change what I was going through in my life at that point in time. But I'm sure it had something to do with it, right? I mean, it happen that close, and me finally saying, okay, I'm going to get out of here, right? And make my life better and prove who I am. Um, It had something to do with it. Right, and that's how important the game of golf is. Um, that you know, to some people, and that and that honor and that integrity and that baseline characteristics that you have in the game of golf is so important. Um, and I think again, the signing of the scorecard is like the last semblance that you can see. Uh, you know, from a pro that you know that happens every year that 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 has that honor, that has that integrity. I sign my name on the card. This is this is for me. You know, this is hundred percent truthful. I'm being honest. here. That's my take on, I know it's long-winded. I know, you know, it's, it's very, very nostalgic, right? Old school train of thought, but that's just the way I feel uh, about the speed situation. I think if you sign the incorrect scorecard, you you get DQ'd Uh, and I know it's not cheating nowadays. It's just clerical (laughs) error, but still you're signing your name onto something and that means something in the game of golf.
0: Yeah, I would say first off the title of the show. Kenny cheats at golf. We're going to make that the title. So yeah. people know now that you're a cheater. That's good. We got that out there. I, I definitely that. cheated back then. But, it was like uh, the, wor- the worst feeling
1: in the world. Like I, I've away. literally felt horrible. Two like I felt worse one. at that point in time than like the,
0: the times I've been arrested in my life. We we believe you, you just told us We we got it. The first takeaway. Is John Rom was right? They need porta potties on more holes so that Jordan can take his shit before he has to sign a scorecard, so yes. he doesn't fuck it up. Back to your point there. The second one, I actually saw it on on X. People talking about it within the threads and people posting it. It was all the most serious golfers, so I respect that. Like it's all the most serious golfers that said what you. They were just... like, we should change the rule. I agree. Well, I understand you know, they, the point. They were saying kind of like a lot of people said what you said. It's like it's your one spot that you can leave it left that people can sign it. And they, they, because that's how it's always been, they believe in it. What the other side of it was, though, that I saw that just goes against everything you just said is that it's the only, there is going to be, no matter what you sign, somebody there to say, gotcha. So you can't cheat. There's no way. Like, you can't cheat. If you put the wrong score, someone has the actual score that is going to say, got you, and now you are disqualified, which is the only counterpoint. Well, it is integrity, and you're signing for something, and I get it. It really, to my instance, can only be a mistake. When Patrick Reed is sneaking sand out behind his shot, that's cheating. And you you should get fucked up for that. When you sign the card and it's clearly a mistake because you had to go take a shit or something like that, should there be a penalty for your clerical error and for making a mistake and not taking it serious? Yes. But are they cheating 99.99999%? No, because no. they know someone's there to give them the exact score anyway. So then there is it is what it is. You made a mistake. By the way, dude, you signed the wrong scorecard. But just like uh, Rom, Deary won the memorial. By the way, we did see you fluff the ball up. Two strokes. You still win by two. But it wouldn't have been. Dustin Johnson loses a major maybe over it. Hey, By the way, you were in a bunker. And that was in the rules since before the tournament started. You lose some stroke. You know, that's the legitimacy of it. So I get it. I'm not even against what you just said. I'm just saying when there is going to be someone there to say gotcha. Not really gotcha. It's just the rule. The gotcha is the DQ. But when someone is going to say this is the real score you didn't put it, you're out. I think it was Xander who said it was like probably a little bit of a harsh penalty when it can only really be a mistake. You can't really yeah. cheat that. So maybe it's yeah. a two-stroke penalty and move on with your weekend. And you st- and the cool part is that's like a, we always talk about how much we love the PGA and the underdog story and the comeback. Now it's Jordan Spieth. It's not going to be a, an underdog story, but the point of, and that's after he had a two-stroke penalty the other day to then battle his way back in and get to the top on Sunday and win the tournament. Cool story to go with a cool tournament and win and all that. Like, it, it really would be versus he's DQ'd. By the way, he took it pretty well. He uh, he tweeted out after the round on Sunday, hey, Hideki, congrats. Make sure you turn in your scorecard and sign it correctly. He still had a little lighthearted fun with it on his own account. Man, that was funny. That was funny. But, I mean, for, for the rest of it, it is what it is. And the, to the point of people kept saying this, If it wasn't Jordan Spieth, we wouldn't talk about it. It, It's all the time. I think this one truly was. Yes, it was amplified because it's Jordan Spieth and the weekend and the way it is right now in the world of golf with ratings and all this bullshit. I get it. But I honestly think it just people are tired of that kind of stuff. Like it it could be anybody is their point. And getting DQ'd is a little bit much for a spot. You really can't cheat. Like you would never get away with it. So why would you ever sign it wrong in in that? Everything, Everything you say makes sense. Yeah. Everything
1: it says makes one hundred percent sense. I'm yeah. just being the nostalgic guy here, and I, I, I like, don't hate it. Yeah, I Anything like that part of the last game. Week that
0: you, a little, uh, go ahead. What
1: My bad, my bad. Go ahead.
0: Like, oh my god! Anything else from last week you want to talk about before we move on to listener league? Yeah, Okay, a
1: little epilogue from the story I just I just told. So six months after I moved back here, I get a call from a couple of friends down the road, and my best friend was shot and murdered um, in his car or in a car uh, going out. Uh, you know, father of six. Uh, it was just Sean Gill, my best friend down there. Basically, he can't drive, so he had a ride from somebody. He was sitting in the back seat. Luckily, the people in the front uh, didn't get shot. It was a case of mistaken identity. Uh, these, these gangbangers thought my boy was somebody else uh, that they had beef with, and they just got out of the car and just unloaded. Um, and so, basically, I would have been driving that car. Because I drove him everywhere. I was basically his escort because he doesn't drive. And back then, I barely worked. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So I was always free. Uh, so, you know, you know, in, in a in, a, in a somewhat of a sense, golf maybe saved my life. Maybe I wouldn't have been there if I didn't cheat in that, in that and I didn't move away uh, from the bad situation I was in. But, uh, you know, that, that's enough of that. Uh, I just, I love that 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 part of the game really resonates with me. Um, and that, that's the only reason why I want to keep that rule. Uh, let's move on. Let's get up to, first off, um, we had uh, for our Listener League, our, our five man, our five man last week, did the guy who was in the uh, YouTube win?
0: Yeah, first YouTube winner to get their winner. First YouTube winner. So who was it? I forget. A I think it was A-Bone 918 or something. A-Bone 12, A-Bone That's 18. right. We added That's them, right. they're in, they're happy, but they 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 got the job done, and they're into the uh, Tournament of Champions now, based on that way. So, A-Bone is definitely in our Tournament of Champions. All he had to do was pick the winner
1: uh, in our comment section of the YouTube page. We do this every single week, and we have a winner this week. Uh, nobody picked Decky, uh, but we did have somebody, if I can find it, we did have somebody pick Willie Z, who came in second. Uh, his name is Murph 2384. So, Murph, 2384, you will be going against Tambo, myself, and D-Lo8889, who won our the league this past week. So, d which was my nickname for my college roommate back in the day, everything every time I hear D-Lo, I think of D-Lo Brown. And that walk that D-Lo used to do back in the day, that pimp walk that he used to do. Anyways, D-Lo8889 uh, was the winner. He almost had the nuts. Uh, he was, you know, Xander finished fourth twelve percent. Uh Cantlay finished fourth twenty five percent. Burge finished tenth uh um, eight uh you know uh twenty five percent. Willie Z twenty five percent finished second. Decky fourteen percent finished first of course. And Luke List seven percent finished second. That probably would have won GBBs, right? Oh uh, yeah. Would have won the Millimaker I know that but... yeah uh, so hell of a What'd you think, Tamil?
0: Yeah, well, well you don't see it very often. I mean, position placement points very very critical at events like this. But 1 T2 T2 T4 T4 and T10. That's a hell of a lineup. Like you said, and just to sort of blow up the field, you see it Bomber 78 was in second with 614 versus 638.50.5, I should say. And but and after that it's 583, 581, drop off to 569. Nice. Like you see this stuff where this is just a complete outlier score. So shout out to DLo eight 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 nine. I think you got to put some numbers, Kenny, after your name. Like we talked about, A Bone eighteen or whatever it was. You got eight 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 nine. We got Bombers seventy eight, Samson twenty four, Yuli twenty seven. The leaderboard just littered with guys and girls with numbers after their screen name. But yeah, DLo triple eight nine. We will see you in the four man this week, and maybe you can uh, take it down and get in there. But you're in the tournament of champions either way. We'll see if uh, the winner of the Willie Z pick can get in there this week. All right, so let's get to this week. The PGA, the PGA Tour
1: heads to Mexico for the Mexico Open from Vedante Vallarta. uh VV, I'm going to call it that. It's a 7,500-yard 7, par 71 with four par 5s, five par 3s, th- and a drivable par 4. This Greg Norman design course should be a scoring paradise as long as the wind doesn't get too bad. Two years ago, even on a day with 30-mile-per-hour gusts, a couple of golfers shot 63. Uh, locals, say, locals say the wind picks up daily around 2 to 3 p.m. This could be some useful info, especially for first-round leader bets this week. Um, if the wind is light, expect the winning score to be in the low tw- mi- low 20s, minus 20s. The wind picks up, winning score should still be in the high teens. Uh, and that's what we've seen so far. Uh, the tour recently played plays another uh, Norman course every year at TPC San Antonio. Uh, this course bit different than that course even though both are norman designs from what i've seen courses that could compare uh corrales coco beach uh the big question of last year was to rob or not to rob. Uh, in that situation i played uh, as much ROM as i could due to this game be like head and shoulders above everybody else this year of course it's whether to fien or not fien in my opinion i'm sure tambo's gonna give his take here in a minute but in my opinion fien is not in the level ROM. So like if you wanted to fade in cash, GPPs, I don't think it would be a horrible play, especially if it's going to be 40, 45 percent. Um, you know, if I'm in the wrong about this ownership number and he's like 20 to 25, well, then you might have to rethink this. But I do not think that is going to be the case this week. Uh, now let's get to the course. Uh, off the tee golfers are going to see large, wide open fairways without that much trouble surrounding them outside of water. Uh, This and the length of the course should lead to this being a bomber's paradise. Two years ago, we saw seven golfers in the top ten that were high up in driving distance for the week. Last year, nine of the top ten were very high in driving distance for the week. On approach shots, golfers are going to see above-average-sized greens with water and sand surrounding the greens. Uh, There is a good amount of water on this course. Even though it's on the ocean, there's not many oceanfront courses. It's all like inland lakes and little ponds and stuff like that. The greener regulation will be decided by the wind. If the wind is light, golfers are going to have target practice Uh, onto these slow pass pattern greens, 11 or less on the stim meter, which which aren't normally hard, rock hard at all. Now, if it's windy, maybe up your around the green play in your model a little bit. But, of course, the weather is going to be uh, the main defense of this course. Uh, basically, in my opinion, what you need to look at for ing- for golfers, uh, length off the tee, solid long iron play, as there are more shots over two hundred yards here than any other course on tour. Uh, putting usually evens out on past power between good and bad putters. So, fall striking length, birdie makers. That's what I'm looking for this week. That's how I'm going about it. Tammo, what are you looking for, here, golfers?
0: Everything you said, pretty much. The um, you know the stuff I will say though is we're going to look at this from a different perspective. I think there will be a little bit of a layoff. After last week at the Genesis DFS players coming over to this event, where you've got guys like Emiliano Grio at 11,100, and eventually it's just going to get down to I'll play this guy. Tony's already going to be 40% or 35% and up, whatever it ends up being. So, uh, one note I will say, Kenny, that ties into this, I was trying to tie like some sort of nugget into it. You know, the setup here, I'm not sure if you saw very dynamic pricing this week. They brought in the 5K range, so you can see, and it's also The least amount of 7K golfers I've ever seen. Only 18 for the entire week, considering the field size. And then other angle of it that we'll talk more on when we get into the tiers in a second. But Tony Finau is the reason they brought it in this way. He's down to 5-1 to in some places. I know it started higher and all that, but like you mentioned. So they didn't actually, well, they brought in the low end to make that make sense. They didn't actually bump the high end beyond what we normally see. We'll see 11,800 plenty of weeks. They kept Tony at 12. It's not like they made him 12-5 or 13 to make this make sense. So that is another interesting just nugget I am taking into consideration because I think that's just going to be a natural sense that people are like, oh shit, I could play 5K and 6K guys. Like a lot of 5K and upper 5K guys were really low 6K guys because that forced better players into that range. And you may not even need that here because we get away with it all the time playing Scheffler at 11-8. And all 7K, low 7K guys, you could do that. You can leave money on the table. Like, there's a ton of different ways to attack it. So I like it better that they brought this in. I've been lobbying this for a little while now. I just thought it was funny they didn't actually attach the front end piece to it that kind of makes it all make sense. They just left Tony at similar standard pricing and dropped it down from there and gave us the bottom range. So uh, everything you talked about with the stats is fine. Obviously, knowing it's a two-year sample size was the other thing I was going to say at this course. So I think, like, again, now, Patrick Rogers, Cam Champ, Brandon Wu, Boom, build your lineups. You got those four guys. They they do well here every year, but it's two years. Oh, you know, Brandon Wu does really well here. Yeah, he's played here twice, and he did well both those times. Doesn't mean shit for year three. So we'll see how it goes. It's awesome. It's helpful, but it's two-year sample size, so just keep that in mind as well. All right,
1: let's get to these tiers. Why don't you go ahead and start in, the 10, in this
0: 10K and up raids. How are you playing Fina? How are you playing Fina? If not, <laughs> yeah. how are you going about it? I like this actually because I found it out right now. You made me think of it earlier today. I did the first look on the Shiba Nation YouTube station with Degenerate Seventy Five and with Emiliano Grio at eleven one. If you turn the L's and the O's in Emiliano Grio into numbers, ones and zeros, you can spell his price tag of eleven thousand one hundred. But you just gave me another one because you said to Tony or not to Tony, and in V now you said. But if you take the word Tony and just scramble it up multiple ways. Tony not to Tony is right there in his name. So we got to make a decision here, like you said. But I will say this. With Tony Finau at 12,000, easily playable, his ownership will get out of hand to where people say it's an easy fade because now it's – there's no – like, it's a cut event. He did, Like, his, his putting lately, his toe putting, all, all this different stuff people are going to talk about. It's really hard if he's 35 to say I want to lock him or play 80% because I just think there is other guys and there's a chance – balance builds could get there, or different angles of approach, like I talked about with roster construction, but there's also, because of this dynamic pricing, a ton of ways that you can play Tony Fee now around the field, 30 to 40%, and just build all those lineups completely different than the rest of the field. There's a ton of ways, more than usual, to get different with a 40% owned golfer if you even have him at that. So I would not cross him off completely. Obviously, he crushes here. It's not just here in this course and this tile, any thing to do with that. It's also the field strength. He's just better than a lot of these guys in the field. Does it mean it will happen every year? No. I'm just saying that is people never really classify this as a thing. And we'll talk about it more throughout. I think that's part of the edge at events like this is knowing what guys do what in certain strength of fields. And this is obviously one of the weakest fields we'll see. And so, yeah, Tony is head and shoulders above when you get four rounds at a course like this. So Tony's in. I think Hogard gets some love at 10-7. Because I don't think people are very happy about Griot at 11 they're, they're not going to want to go there probably, even though he came fifth here last year. So maybe later in the week people get to that. You usually like Thunder Bear, so I'll let you talk about him. And then uh, Dietrich uh, is kind of interesting too at 10-1, where even if you started with him and just said he's the guy to beat the guys up top, you could build a nice, structured, balanced lineup even though you're still starting with a five-figure guy with a guy like Dietrich. You could do with Olsen too. Go ahead. So yeah, I mean, I'm thinking of fading Tony. I'm thinking of not using him
1: this week, uh, just because I don't think he's he's not Rom. The difference in skill level between Rom and the rest of the field last year made me want to play as much Rom as possible. I do not see that that type of gap between Tony and the rest of the field. Um, yeah, Tony's great. He is the best golfer in this field, but that gap is not as big. If he's off by a smidgen, um, he can he can miss the fucking cut at this event right uh and, and you don't either wouldn't see you wouldn't think that's a run but you think that's definitely still on the table for Tony. uh at least that's the way i think uh when it comes down to it so uh for me if he's 40 45 percent them, probably not if he's under 30 percent owned then maybe i think about it, right because then you could be 50 percent tony and be double the field and you still have 50 percent of your lineups to play in another stop uh but i, I do like Thorbjorn, any guy um uh, you know, I've definitely been as fucked up as he has, but I've never pissed in the middle of a plane. But, like, that's my type of guy, right? I mean, any guy who gets that shit face and he, you know, pulls out his knob and just pees on a stewardess, you know, I mean, <laughs> not the best thing to happen, but I can't, like, you know, say I've never done real stupid shit while I am drinking before in my life either. Uh, but he took that, he took the punishment, uh, he was uh, suspended from the uh, DP World Tour, he came back, uh, got his shit together, and in his last appearance, you know, in the last appearance on the DP World Tour last month, he got a W. Uh, in his last three appearances uh, over there, it's been 8th, 21st, and 1st. The big thing about Thunder Bears, the biggest strength that he has is his long irons. He, You know, he has uh 2nd in this field in proximity from 200-plus. And he does have 50-plus rounds, uh, you know, uh, in, on the PGA Tour where, you know, these numbers are available. Uh, so I do like him. He is the best long iron hitter. Uh, in this field or uh, In the 10k range And like if you include 175 to 200 Since you know he is not like Short off the tee, uh, You know uh, He's the best long iron player of anybody In the 10k range including Tony Fina uh, So and I think he's going to be single digit owned I don't see people playing 10,000 whatever Thorbjorn Uh I think he can make a nice pivot play I like him in GPPs all right, so let's move on to this nine K range. I got a couple of my cash game cornerstones here. First, I'm going to go Yeager. Uh long off the tee, high ball flight, played well here in the past, always makes the cut. And I, you know, he had his best finish like a few couple times out. He finally got a top five. He finished third, so that's sort of what I what I was waiting for. You know, give me, I can mean, always talk shit about Yeager, uh, because he had another top five. Finally got one. You could see the games there. This course should suit perfect for him. Uh, I like him as my first cash game cornerstone. My second cash game cornerstone is going to be Mr. Pendrith, your Canadian brethren, Tambo, uh, just underneath him at $8,600. Again, low, high ball flight. Comes in, and what is he? Second in my model. Approach game strong. Really, really good on long par fours. Low off the tee. Uh, Long iron's great. Love Pendrith uh, this week. If you're going to go different in this range, I don't know, I like Hubbard and I like uh, Fox. Hubbard does not sort of imitate the golfers that people are going to be looking for this week. So in that mold, I hope that his ownership is down. Uh, Because we saw that he could could play on long courses. Doesn't really affect him, even though he's short. A couple weeks ago at the Farmers, at Torrey, the longest course on the PGA Tour, he finished 20th with a way better field than what we're seeing now. Uh, also, he's uh, a proficient birdie maker. Uh, I like Hubbard, and I like Ryan Fox again. Long off the tee. Uh, uh, again, yeah. well, uh, long off the tee, lots of birdies. He gets a ton of birdies. Well above average with his long iron play. Really, really good on long par fours. Tamo.
0: Yeah, we're going to see some uh, course history versus recent form battles here, right? Because obviously we're talking about the guys I was just teasing about earlier, but uh, you you mentioned a couple of them. Like If you go Brandon Wu, He's coming in off a miscut, a 47th and a miscut, but he's come second and third here the last two years. So, so which is it, right? We're going to see that one. Patrick Rogers, pretty good results here. Top tens the last two years, but then you see him coming in off a 79th and a miscut. So interesting to see where the field goes, but I, I mean, the guys up top for sure, Mitchell and Yager, those two stood out to me. You mentioned my Canadian guy, Hendrith. I think those were three that stood out right away. Rio. We've been talking about this guy at multiple events, and uh, last event he got in as the last guy on, like, the last day, right before the tournament started, so we couldn't play him until showdown. Uh, he's a guy that you could go to here. He ended up missing the cut at that event, but just looking back now, he you know, talent-wise, I think he's fine. And I actually like your Mark Hubbard call, so that was the one I wanted to talk about. I mean, again, 18th here last year. I don't know if people just think he doesn't fit it or what, but I don't mind him in this field. I like that he's not priced uh, at a price that people would use. Like, if he was 80 100 more people will be talking about him than when he's at 9K. And because of that, I think that's an option there. Also, Kenny, I think from a roster construction perspective, more people will land on Mitchell, Jaeger, Rogers, Pendrith the guys up top versus these guys down low. So you mentioned like Ryan Fox or something like that. If you do want to go different in this 9K range, I think it is with these guys at the bottom. Damn, why do we go to the 8K range for you? If that's all you said, I should have just kept it rolling. But my bad. I thought, I thought you said something else. Okay, uh, first off, Davis Thompson, and I brought this up earlier today too. I will use it now to note it. Mayo is away on vacation still. So this Wednesday, myself and Degenerate75 will be doing our normal, the in-studio show, just not in-studio. So we'll go through it. We're going to build a Mayo special and it will most certainly include Davis Thompson because that's his boy. So Davis Thompson here stands out right off the top. Uh, shout out to our guy, Beroff, again, for filling in last week. His boy, Jake Knapp, is here at 8,700. I even bet him, I saw. I think he bet him at... 35-1, to 1, so obviously feeling pretty good about him. I think that's just the telltale sign of the talent level that a guy like him has, the course setup, what could fit, so don't hate the Jake Knapp call. Going down, though, This guy's at the bottom. Michael Kim will make the Mayo special. Obviously, if you guys didn't check that out, go to the Mayo, right here on the Mayo Media Network, you can find that show that they did together. It was really insightful from Michael Kim, actually just letting it all out and talking through sort of everything that goes on on tour, different courses, putting greens, all the stuff that these pros think about, so I thought it was really solid uh, he'll be in there. McNeely, just eighty-one hundred. But these guys at the bottom, Kenny, it's hard to sort through them. But they can make birdies. Like you could see Justin. So it wouldn't surprise me. McNeely, Ekrode, those guys. So I'll see where it shakes out as the week goes on. But just early on, um, you know, some of these guys up top like Nap, Gim, Michael Kim. Those are the guys sort of shooting off the page at first first glance.
1: Third cash game, quarterstones. Davis Thompson. Um, uh, what is he like? Twelfth in his field. in proximity for two hundred plus. Uh, top five if birdies are better gained. Inside the top thirty-five in driving distance, a uh, stroke gain, par three, par four efficiency for four hundred fifty to five hundred yards. First, uh, and then what is he? Sixteenth in T to green. Second in stroke gain total. Give me Davis Thompson as my third cash game cornerstone. Um, Jake Knapp seems like he's getting a lot of push. Um, if he becomes super high owned, I could definitely see fading him this week. If he's like fifteen to twenty percent, you know, in the top five highest owned in the field. I could be like, you know, in this type of field, anybody who's not an elite golfer near the top, who is top five, top 10 owned, has a valid, valid reason to be faded. Uh, and I, I think that he might be wonderful for me just because from what I've seen so far, not the best of part threes, not the best with his long irons. Again, we haven't seen him that much. Uh, I know that he's super talented. He had 10 top tens on the Corn ferry Tour last year. The guy's going to be fucking good. Uh, but a disappointment. In his career. I know he's been playing well, but if he's gonna have a shit ton of ownership, I could see getting off of him uh this week. Uh my favorite gpp plays Justin Saw, so, uh here down in this area. Again, long iron prowess, tons of birdies, second, if birdies are better gained in this field in the last 50 rounds. Um, uh, he's not short off the tee, crushes par threes, really puts his ass off. Uh so I'm a big fan of Saw. So, uh this week, he is my favorite JTB play in that 8K range. Other guys i look at, uh, Ekro, Chair, Gim, I'll look at him. I'm uh, not sure whether I'm playing him, but I'm definitely playing Justin. So let's go to the 7K range. Uh, my final cash game cornerstone is going to be that at the bottom. It's going to be Sam Stevens at $7,100. Anytime, like, you see, uh, for some reason, Sam Stevens, driver every course, I feel like he's a must play. Uh, so if he's going to be a must play at that cheap to fill out the rest of my lineup, that's how I'm going to go about it. Uh, I like Sam Stevens. He has a top 10 and a top 20 here when they played this course on the Corn Ferry Tour prior to this being a PGA Tour event. So I am a fan of uh, Mr. Stevens. Uh, he is going to be my final Cascade Cornerstone. Again, tons of birdies. Uh, pretty good from over 200 yards. Tina Green is strong. Long par force, top 10 in this field in proximity from 450 to 500 yards. So my Cascade Cornerstones this week. They are going to be Steven Yeager at $9,800. Uh, Pendrith at 9600 Davis Thompson, $8,900. Sam Stevens, $7,100. Uh, I think it should leave like fourteen seven, fourteen eight to fill out the rest of your lineup other guys that do like jonathan vegas i think he's a little bit too cheap he's been playing pretty well at least from the eye test when we've actually seen him he's been on some uh featured groups on espn plus and stuff like that uh from the eye test i think his game looks pretty fucking good uh i like him i like his price you know he's long enough off the tee um so i, I you know i, I like him it's a norman another guy who won uh you know a few months ago long off the tee uh, that I can get behind uh, at this rate. Also good from, like, um, uh, not only long, but good from, like, 175 to 200 above average from 200-plus. Really good on long par 4s, just like Jonathan Vegas. Uh, those are the guys, and Nate Lashley, he's going to be the stat guy uh, when it comes down to it in the 7K range. But 13th of proximity from 200-plus, tons of birdies. Really good from 175 to 200, really good on par 3s. Remember, there's five par 3s uh, at this course. Uh, so I, I could play a little bit of Lashley, too. Tamo, what about you?
0: Yeah, a lot of guys in this range, and it's crazy because it's only 18 guys, but it just depends on what you're doing with the ones up above, and if, like I said, if you're going Tony or some of those big dogs, you're sort of skipping over that 9K range and dropping down, and I'll probably end up there more, so I think I'll be, just be in this range, but uh, S.H. Kim, right off the top at 7,900, I think he fits it well. You look back, and, you know, look at the long irons lately, anything birdies are better. All that stuff, he's actually doing quite well, so 7,900, toasty. 20, you know, right here at 7,800, I could go to him, uh, Johnny Vegas, who you mentioned. Another guy that'll make the Mayo special for sure is the play at 7,400, Carson Young, right there. So the the good C. Young, they'll say, some some might say Carson Young you get in on the action there. And then don't hate your Sam Stevens call down at the bottom either. I think the interesting range is like the sort of Bjork, Stalling, Spawn, Sig, got her up Any of those guys stand out for you there? Novak and Lashley. Would be uh two others that I could see here. But was there anybody in those other dudes that I mentioned that you liked? I mean, York, Novak's Spallings, definitely Spahn, got her.
1: Yeah, back. Novak's definitely somebody I'll be taking a peek at this week. Uh, you know, he came, what did he finish like top ten last time he was out? Any guy who finished top ten in the field like that. Uh, you know, I'm gonna look at it seven thousand dollars, no doubt about.
0: It. Yeah, any anybody, uh Bjork, Stallings, Spawn, Sig, or her up. That range just looks overlooked here.
1: Yeah, I mean, Stallings looks like somebody I can get behind, but I mean, yeah, we'll see how I ended up doing it. I, I if I'm going to play somebody, I want to play uh, Novak and Stevens. Those and, and Spawn. Um, and Stallings. Let's get spawn the long Island prowess. Like, yeah, so yeah, that, that long iron. Stallings, you like? Yes. Yeah, that long iron prowess. I think you can get behind. All right, all right. Six K raids, I mean, there's a couple up here uh, that we talk. I mean, Joseph who played well here last year. Hits the ball high, hits the ball long. What you sort of want sammy valenacki another guy who's you know not the longest guy but he's above average uh you know well above average with his legs above average with his long iron i just like saying his name so i'll play him this week <laughs> here you go another long guy that you can play out here Lits the ball gives it a good poke uh pretty solid tee to green play davis riley played well last year i didn't realize how long riley was he's actually like not as short as i thought uh and he gets a lot of birdies i think he can make uh, a play at him at 6500 uh burgoon So got another guy that i would play again over his career we haven't seen much of him here recently but throughout his career i remember rostering him in 2015 uh the one thing he's always been good at was his longer irons so i uh, see so
0: you can throw burgoon down there uh what about you tim who do you see in the 6k range now, not a lot that i love out loud just because I, I will say this is where it first starts to show for me like what i talked about earlier you're getting okay let me just check this while we're on here live let's go through it real quick there is 89 guys from 6900 down to 5000 and there's a chance you don't need any of them there's a chance you need them I, i'm not saying that but my point is more uh, i was talking about this earlier today where people oh i got to get 3% of Valamaki i heard a good thing about him he go if he gets hot man he could do it give me 3% of that guy oh uh, you know, Parker Cootie or Del Soler, like these guys, they'll start to make their stands and they won't actually make any stands. They'll just mix and match pieces of all of these, which while they're not going to be high enough owned for you or me or anybody else to care, what I'm saying is you're taking a majority of roster construction and moving it over to more stars and scrubs because people have tons of names down here. They can get behind, it'll help them to fit Tony, and then those builds come into play you can get different by going to multiple 9Ks or even use some of those 10K guys, but I think there is a chance here too, Kenny, you could just see like a balanced build in that upper six where I'm about to go to that upper top range and just not need to go below this. So if you want to talk about guys I like here, you mentioned it, but Tyler Duncan uh, is one I saw. You mentioned Bramlett. I like Harry Hall right there at 6,800 stands out. And then Mayo's guy, Higo, does stand out a little bit. If you want to take a shot him, can make some birdies. Probably better showdown play, but just to note it, so that's sort of where I'm at. After that, you can make cases for different guys, but like, there's nobody in 6,400 down to 6,000 that I have high conviction on or care that much. And I'm like, well, you got to get him. Maybe, maybe Carl Juan, Carl Yon, however you want to say his name, but makes birdies and bunches. We've seen it happen. So he would be somewhat interesting at 6,200, but that'd be a guy I'd be taking a stand on. After that, I got nobody here really that stands out to me. Yeah,
1: got three guys in a 5K range. Okay. First one, that's going to be uh, MJ Duffy. Uh, over at fifty eight hundred dollars, long, good long irons, makes a ton of birdies. At that price, I will take the risk. Uh, next, it's going to be um, Uh at uh, what fifty six hundred. Again, long off the tee, uh, really good with his long irons. Top ten and par four efficiency from four hundred fifty to five hundred yards. He's actually twelfth in strokes game tee to green in this field, and he's you know in the last fifty rounds. Uh, so yeah, I'm going to play Calentaro. If he's twelfth in his field, it's strokes KT to green, and he's fifty six hundred dollars. Uh, yeah, give me, give me some hit. I uh, Now he's a hundred and like twelfth in putting, but whatever. Uh, and then my last guy probably going to be, uh, I don't even know Ben Taylor. If I have to go down and low, was uh, really the top ten last year? That's good enough for me at fifty one hundred. If I'm going to play anybody down this low, I don't even know if I. Have. Oh, I'm about to sneeze. Go ahead, Tambo.
0: Yeah, just that, yeah, yeah, that's the line you said. That's what made it funny. It's like, you know, If I have to juice them, when you don't, that's the good news. And I know, you know you're know you just saying that, but my point is that's where I think people struggle a little bit. They sit there and say, well, oh, but if I go to this guy, I can make all this work. But yeah, you still need six things to go your way. So I'm not saying don't do it. Just saying why well, I think it's a little bit interesting that sort of the pricing forces these thoughts and will definitely force some of those builds. I will say the standard Troy Merritt flow chart is definitely in effect. Is Troy Merritt in the field? Yes. Is he extremely cheap? In this case, the cheapest I've ever seen him, 5900 And is it probably going to be a birdie fest? Most likely, yes. So there you go. Troy Merritt would be in play at 5900 After that, Panda, Norman Zhang. He's down there at 5800 hundred. Oh, You're Your boy. He can bomb it out there. He's been doing things lately, though. He's been showing up on leaderboards, winning on the Cornberry Tour before, coming over, all that stuff. CT Pan, uh, David Lipsky. At least there is a couple names down here. Calum Terran, who you mentioned. That would sort of round it out, though. And again, not saying I'm going to all those, but that's like four or five guys if I was considering this range. For that portion of my builds, that's where I would be headed with those guys that I know feel a little bit better about, and then go from there. There may be a few others that I swap in or swap out, but we'll have be covered for all that and more over on the mail show on Wednesday as well. Damn, i go for your bets, brother. I got nothing. I did not bet anything yet. What I was waiting on was tea times. I do want to see, like you said, one thing for sure: the uh, the first round leader, and also too because I don't think much is going to change. Like Tony is the favorite. Whoever people bet, yeah, they're going to get bet down some, but it's not like. I love those numbers. I wasn't rushing this morning. Just put it this way. Shout out to my guy, Bearoff last time. But I wasn't rushing to bet Jake Knapp at 35-1 to 1 with him. I get it, but it just wasn't for me. So, uh, like you said, if his ownership gets up there, hashtag blame Bearoff. We can start that hashtag out there and get it rolling. But I'm not as in on that. I'm going to wait and see. I'm going to bet some first-round leaders. Like you said, the wind does pick up typically around lunchtime uh, in Mexico. So, I think that's fine at this course. So, you can do that. But I have nothing as far as asking, sir. What do you got? Pedreth.
1: 33 to 1, five places. Davis Thompson, 35 to 1, five places. Uh, Vegas, 66 to 1, five places. Alejandro Toasty, I forgot to mention him earlier. I do like Toasty a lot. Another guy, long off the tee, really good with his long irons, really good on long par fives, long par fours, 450 to 500. There's a shit ton of those this week. So I will be using him. I'll also be betting him at 60 to 1 with five places each way. Um, Carson Young, ninety to one, eight plate uh, five places each way. So those are what I got so far. Vegas Toasty Young Hendrith, Davis Thompson. Uh, one and done for me will be Yeager, and I'll just use Fina. I'm going to use Fina in my American and international one too. So yes, I'm just not going to overthink gonna
0: it. it. Like again, it's not. I'm not saying he's going to come first or second. It's two results, all that. I'm saying I'm just going to take the, you know what should be. I think he's actually. Uh, I think you make more. If you bet on him to miss the cut, then you do for him to win. Like, it, it's just get him through, see what he does over the weekend, and go there. That That's kind of how I'm guessing it's going to go. We'll see, though, how it plays out. But uh, so far, one and done, not great. Uh, Leo, I did not have anything last week. I had a miss cut. So how, how are you doing one and done so far? Not great. But last week, I think, I think the best, yeah, not great. Not right. Uh, <laughs> anything else? We're good to go? No, I was going to say pa- Papa Tambo is just crushing me right now. Last I checked, he was in like 200th place. So, wow, um, you know, that that's the way it goes, though, man. It's fun. It, it's definitely the best. And it's not over or anything. We're just getting started. So it's not a big yeah. deal. I'm just saying it is crazy uh, how it goes. And funny, like uh, the quick Papa Tambo story, he had Colin Morikawa the week where he was, all, I think he was first round leader or almost first round leader and then missed the cut with Morikawa. Uh-huh. This past week, he had Homa. And home was sucking on day one, shot like a 73. He's like, oh, it sucks. I looked at it, it's over. And then home ends up finishing T-16 in a field yeah. with a better, like a decent prize pool. So it's still solid money. So just the way it goes uh, on these one and dones, but it's a lot of fun throughout the season, man. It's the best value really that you can get for the money. It just play it, play it all season long, have a chance at 80 grand US. I mean, that, that's a lot. Of, I'm Canadian, 80, 80 US. That's a lot of money. Under under. A lot of
1: money. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, you can find me on Twitter at, on X,
1: at 10LVT. You can find my article every week on gupscorner.com. They've been killing it over there. Uh, they got the new interface on the tools and all. It looks great. The site looks amazing. Super easy to use. Use promo code Kenny. Save yourself 30% on a sub to gupscorner.
0: buy me on X at Toetag and Tambo. The tidbits are back. Post them on Wednesdays. Those are free. Just go on there and get that. And then, of course, Shipitnation.com, sponsor of the show. Just had the merger last week with Degenerate75, his entire community. Huge week. You can go check it out on X at It Nation. Free to go over there, check that out. Uh, the pinned post at the top shows over 500,000 winnings for the community. who had some, I had some, but a lot of members within that thread. You'll see. Get over there now. You can use the promo code DGEN15, 15. Gets you 15% off any package that you choose and that discount stays with you. It's not first payment only. Get all eight of the major sports that we cover. Projections, ownership tools, rankings, content, Discord, community, all of that. Check it out. Shippin'Nation.com, dgen fifteen is the code. Sounds good. We're in Mexico. Let's hope and pray that all of our golfers
1: don't drink the water. Let's win some motherfucking money. Generation.